0: As you read through the Bible, you find a a huge array of pictures and images that describe some aspect of the person and the character of God. There are lots of passages in the Bible. One of the, the prevalent images or pictures of God is that of God as Savior. In the Bible, we learn that He's the only one who ever really saves or delivers His people. It's something that David sings of in his Psalms. We all know the Sunday school story of how God saved David from the lion's den. Time and time again, we find that God saves the weak and the vulnerable from the hands of a a powerful enemy. Now, if you were to ask Jews at what point in their history God acted most decisively to save them, they'd be very, very quick and very sure to answer. They'd say, Well, that's easy, it's the Exodus. That time when God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt, through the Red Sea to the Promised Land, that's the single most profound experience of God's salvation that we've ever known. This morning I, I want to think with you a little bit about God's salvation, but I also want to think with you about, about food and about meals. It's the 9th of January, and already Christmas is starting to slip away into the background. But this year, as I have been many years in the past, I've been struck by just how important food is at, at Christmas time, how central food is to our celebrations. Claire's not in this morning, so I can, I can talk freely. Claire gives a lot of her time uh, in the preparation to Christmas to food. Um, she, she learned not so long ago how to bake a Christmas cake. Uh, she uses her mum's fantastic recipe to make Christmas puddings. And she, well, actually, she hasn't ever yet roasted a full turkey. Uh, don't tell her I said that, because. But that's something we're working towards. Uh, I believe it, it needs a, a good bit of planning and thinking, roasting a turkey. Food, meals. We often use food and meals to celebrate the most important events in our lives. Think for a moment about this. I've already mentioned Christmas dinner. If you lived in North America, Thanksgiving would be the most important meal of the year. For three years, I was able to enjoy Thanksgiving meals when I lived in Canada, and it was fantastic. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful meals. Quite often, if somebody wants to celebrate at their wedding or even a wedding anniversary, again, the food becomes very important. Birthday parties. Can you imagine a birthday party with no food? It just doesn't work. Whenever we come together as human beings to celebrate, food is always central. Just this year, one of the big cookbooks that was published was by Nigella Lawson, and it was called Feast, and it's a book... of of recipes that aren't structured. The book isn't structured in the usual way with starters, main course, and dessert. Instead, it works through the year. And all those feasts that people are in the habit of practicing, it gives recipes for the celebration of those feasts. So it has Christmas recipes. It has Thanksgiving recipes. It has Easter recipes. Recipes to celebrate those key moments in life. I began this morning by talking about God's salvation and the exodus. And it's no surprise to us then that God's people, the Jews, had a feast, a special meal to celebrate the exodus. Whenever Jews gather together in their families to celebrate the Passover, they reenact in this meal the instructions that God had given to their forefathers as they came out of Egypt. They remember what happened on that night, how the the head of each household, took a lamb for the family. They remember how the blood of that lamb was spread on the doorposts of their homes. You maybe remember that. They remember how the angel of death passed over their door and how God worked his great salvation among his people while his judgment fell on his enemies. Every time a Jewish family eats a Passover meal, that's what they're remembering. God's salvation at that moment in time. We aren't Jews, we're Christians. And in a few moments time, we're going to come together to celebrate a different meal together. Just like the Jewish Passover, it's a a salvation meal. It's a meal that reminds us of a time when God worked his salvation on our behalf. Now we're not looking back to the Exodus how God brought his people out of Egypt. We're looking forward or back to a time when God set all mankind free forever. A whole new exodus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate with this feast. I'm not sure if if this has struck you before, but when Jesus celebrated the Last Supper with with his disciples, it was very clear that he wanted them to associate it with the Passover. In fact, it was a Passover that he was celebrating. They celebrated at exactly the time of the Passover. Do you remember Jesus sent his disciples ahead to prepare an upper room? Well, that was during the Passover festival. They, they moved into that Passover festival having come from the outlying district of Bethany on their way up to Jerusalem. You know, on those hills around Jerusalem, those hills would have been filled with with sheep at that time. And those sheep that were being reared there were reared for one purpose. They were sacrificial lambs to go to the temple in Jerusalem. As Jesus approached Jerusalem, he was approaching along a road that would have been full of these, these animals being herded towards the temple. He was a a sacrificial lamb, if you like. And John called Jesus, do you remember John the Baptist right in the earliest days? He called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. At every point, what's happening here, Jesus is identifying himself with the ancient Jewish Passover feast. But in effect, Jesus was saying, this is all new now. It's all changing. The Exodus isn't the biggest working of God's salvation anymore. This is what it's all been a foretaste of. My coming and my dying is the new Passover. Think about it for a moment, how what Jesus did for us totally overshadows the achievements of the original Passover. The Exodus brought God's people freedom from oppression for a while. But Jesus has set those who believe in him free forever. Exodus only dealt with the external, the physical captivity that the people experienced. Jesus has promised to set us free, even free from from guilt as we know it in our lives. Those things that that plague us on the inside as well as the outside. Exodus was only for one people. It was for, for Israel. Whereas what Jesus achieved on the cross is for all people, for all times. Exodus brought into being a new nation of people. It wasn't really until Israel came through the Red Sea that for the first time they were a, a, a nation. Well, Jesus knew Exodus. His Passover has brought together a new people. Not, not made up of, of Jews and Greeks and and british people and americans but of all the people of the world it's not nationality anymore all are welcome in the family of god so whenever jesus brought his disciples together for this meal he was bringing them he was taking something old and making it something entirely new he was giving them a meal by which to remember the great salvation that he was just about to work among them. I think it's a shame when you discover that, that a family here or there has given up on celebrating together. I know this can happen, and I know there are often very real reasons why it does happen. But sometimes, though, it's it's just that people give up. It begins quite innocently when when somebody decides that I I just can't make it this year. I've just got too much on. But before long, the message comes out that that actually being together and, and celebrating with the family isn't that important to me anymore. It's a very short step from saying that the people whom I used to celebrate with, well, they aren't that important to me anymore. Friends, we must never never forget the great salvation that God has worked for us. We must never forget the lengths that God has gone to to bring us into his family. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And that's why we'll continue to celebrate the Lord's Supper, because we'll never forget the Lamb of God who worked his great salvation for us. A while ago, I read a a fascinating interview with the country singer James Taylor. I don't know his music that well. I'm aware of a little bit of it. But he spoke of a, a time in his life when he was addicted to alcohol and drugs and how they were ruining his life. Although he'd been off drugs now for 18 years, he still regarded himself as an addict in recovery. He still goes to the Narcotics Anonymous meetings. Here's what he says. He says, you remain in that state. That's the way it works. You have to continue with the treatment because I know of plenty of people who have been sober for 15 years and then have gone back. It's always there waiting for you. So yes, it's important to still go to the meetings. Friends, I don't want to push that analogy too far this morning. But you and I are... Are recovering addicts. We're recovering from our our sinfulness and our addictions to ourselves. But our gracious God has intervened. He's provided us with a wonderful salvation in the work of Jesus Christ. We are now on the road to recovery. We look forward to one day when that recovery is going to be complete, when we'll be perfect and pure. But in the meantime, we need to keep going to the meetings, as it were. We need to keep gathering together around this table to remind ourselves of what Jesus has done for us. We need to keep gathering together with each other to keep ourselves on the right path. Above all, we need to spend time with Jesus. Who invites us to this table. Take, eat, this is my body, this is the blood of my covenant which is poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Do this, says Jesus, in remembrance of me. Let us pray.